Uh, welcome back to another edition of the Bowlers Extra Podcast. As uh, we wrap up uh, another close game. Surprised? Shouldn't be. It's what it's been all year. It was, it's what it was again Saturday night. And it's what it's going to be the rest of the year. Now, maybe if Purdue gets in a position at the end of November playing Northwestern and Indiana, they might not be as close, but I wouldn't I wouldn't count on that right now. This team is destined and has been destined all year to play close games and it's just going to continue. So get used to it, buckle up. You're in for a wild ride. Probably even the open week when they don't play will be some sort of close encounter that they have to deal with. But Purdue does prevail, 43-37 in a wild and very entertaining game if you were just a casual observer or someone not trying to keep up uh, on who's scoring and and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but Purdue wins. They remain tied atop the Big Ten West with Illinois. Both teams are 3-1. and one. Uh, Purdue goes to Wisconsin next week. The Badgers lost at Michigan State. They are 1-3 in the league. Um, and as Purdue and Illinois try to pursue this Big Ten West title, um, the, the game at, at, at Wisconsin is important. But maybe not as important where Purdue must win that game because of... Um, Illinois still having to play Michigan. Now, Illinois beat Wisconsin, so if we, if there's some sort of tiebreaker that gets involved with common opponents, then, you know, Purdue would lose that. But it's probably safe to say that these teams are going to suffer another loss uh, at some point this year. Um, but Purdue's schedule is favorable. But regarding the game, um, you know, the the one thing that you're talking about with this game, um, there, you know, there's several things, but the the one concern coming out of this game is just the number of busted coverages uh, in the secondary. Uh, you know, Purdue doesn't have a perfect secondary. Uh, their guys have have gotten beat several times this year. Uh, but this was this was alarming, uh, to say the least. I mean, this was bona fide, you know, what the heck is going on back there type of performance. Um, you know, they're, they're, Nebraska was going to push the ball down deep because that, in part, that's what they do, or they see something uh, in, in, in scouting Purdue that they thought would work. Um, you know, Purdue was able to sack... Uh, Casey Thompson four times in the first half. But that didn't knock Nebraska off going deep. And they kept going deep, and they kept going deep, and they kept going deep, and they should have. I I don't know why they didn't throw the ball deep more. Uh, Maybe they just didn't have enough receivers that were, uh, you know, ready to do that play after play after play because it was working. And there there was absolutely no need to do anything else but throw the ball deep. But they tried to run it a few times, and 
all that kind of stuff. And along with going deep, Purdue once again returned to a level of poor tackling uh, in the open field. Uh, guys out of position, uh, not being able to bring down uh, receivers. Uh, so th- that's concerning moving forward. But uh, it was just wasn't one guy. It was Jamari Brown. It was Corey Trice, Reese Taylor, all of them. Cam Allen, the safeties got beat. Um, you know, is that a byproduct of not having Chris Jefferson out there? Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see if he returns next week and that part of that stuff gets cleaned up. But I have a feeling that it didn't matter who was back there, uh, that they were going to get beat. Now, is that a is that a scheme thing? Are their eyes in the wrong place? Are they looking at the wrong things? Um, only Only the players and coaches can answer that. But a very disturbing game moving forward. And not like Purdue is going to face a juggernaut of passing games the rest of the year. But Graham Mertz is a, is a solid quarterback. Um, Iowa's Spencer Petras is not a solid quarterback, and he doesn't have any weapons around him. Uh, but, you know, Tommy DeVito at Illinois is really good. Uh, but then you got Northwestern and Indiana. So... It, it doesn't matter. I mean, you're, you're gonna, they're going the other teams are going to take shots against Purdue secondary now, maybe more than what they uh, they would have uh, without seeing this game. But the n- the number of big plays by Nebraska down the field, you know, is something that cannot continue because Purdue's defense has hasn't been. You know, they're not a shutdown defense. They're not a three-and-out defense. They're going to give up some yards. They're going to give up some points. But for the most part, uh, you know, plays here and there, you know, they've held up well uh, this year. But Saturday was not one of those times when it came to the, the deep ball. Now, they kept the run game under control other than the big 60-yard reverse by Trey Palmer who had almost 300 total yards when you factor in receiving and rushing because he had seven catches for 237. Um, and the other thing with, I need to go back and look at this, but the other thing is that they, I cannot remember a team scoring on as many drives that took less than a minute that Nebraska did in this game. It was just you know, Purdue would somehow get control of the game, and you felt like, okay, this is when they, you know, this is when the defense will step up and make a play, boom, and then Nebraska scores. Or they have a big play that puts them in a position to score. You know, they got up 13 there, and all of a sudden, you know, Nebraska's within six, and you missed, you know, it missed the extra point, and you had a feeling that was going to come back and haunt Purdue. Uh, but you know, it didn't. And, you know, credit to Purdue and the offense for for running the final 555 out of the game. They had to convert a fourth down to do it. They had to convert a third and 11 to do it. But they did it. And I, I was surprised that they went on a pass play on fourth and one. It was a crossing route with... Uh, Durham and and Jones and Charlie Jones, but um, 
they collided with each other, and O'Connell had to end up running. But I was surprised they went with a pass. I thought they would go with Maccabee, uh, who we'll talk about here in a little bit. But um, but they had to convert two big key plays there to, to finish out the game. But the bottom line is they finished out the game. And that's something they didn't do against Penn State. They didn't do against Syracuse. Uh, but they've, they've done it here recently. They did it at Maryland. Uh, maybe the offense didn't do it at Maryland, but they've, they're, this team is gaining confidence in knowing how to close out a game every week. And, you know, Jeff Brom doesn't necessarily enjoy how these games are unfolding, but the players know that they've been there and done that and I think that grows every week I mean you're going to put them they're going to be in a situation every week down the stretch the fourth quarter where they have to make a play and they've done it doesn't mean they're going to do it every time but they've done it I mean you're not going to have any nerves enter the equation you're not going to have any emotions enter the equation it's like okay we've done this before We'll go do it again. Uh, and they have that confidence now. I mean, it it, it, grow, it has grown uh, over these four games. It has grown to a point where they, when they get in a close game, I, f- I fully believe they expect to win, and they know how to win now, as opposed to earlier in the year where they were figuring out ways to lose. And the other team had, had something to do with uh, some of those plays, but you could just see it with O'Connell and Jones and and then guys on the defense where, okay, go out and make a play. And now the secondary didn't do that tonight other than Reese Taylor. I mean, Reese Taylor had to make a body-twisting interception to kind of halt Nebraska's momentum, but it was a play that needed to be made. It allowed Purdue to kind of take a step back and breathe and not face the the pressure and the strain of that offense pushing the ball down the field against them. You know, Purdue could not give the ball back to Nebraska at the end of the game. They had to run the final 555 out. There's no way that Purdue wins this game if they give the ball back to Nebraska. I mean, we, we all know it was headed to that direction. If they don't get the fourth and one, if Nebraska had more timeouts, they only had one. Um, I mean, if you give them one more play with one second on the clock, the feeling is that Nebraska would have scored. Uh, it, it was just, it was that kind of game. It was that kind of performance. But Purdue did what it had to do and get get rid of the, the last 555. And and that's that's what they did through a variety of means. And I mean, you have to going to shift gears a little bit, but I mean, Devin Mockaby just was fantastic tonight, and you got to give a lot of credit to the offensive line. But they got him out on the edge earlier in the game, got him out in space, and I'm not sure Nebraska was expecting that, and they couldn't keep up with him. Uh, so, you know, it was it appeared to be a really good game plan to get Mockaby involved. He was going to start because Dylan Downing was out uh, with a foot injury. And 
probably, you know, should be out again next week at Wisconsin. You know, King Daru did return, but you can tell he doesn't have the burst that he had prior to his calf injury. Um, he just didn't accelerate in the open field like um, like he has in the past. And he had some opportunities to do that, one on a pass play in the flat that he, that he took like 32 yards. But, you know, Maccabee was just a flat-out stud tonight. And he ran hard. His change of direction is um, pretty dang good. And Nebraska just had a hard time keeping him under control. I believe 178 yards on the ground. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, 30 carries. You know, I'd have to go back and look the last time a Purdue running back had 30 carries in a game. I don't know if you have to go back to Mike Allstott. You have to go back to Corey Sheets. And you got to go back a little bit to, to find a running back that had 30 carries in a game um, against a Big Ten team. Uh, so, but, you know, Maccabee has really put himself uh, on a platform that, you know, none of us saw coming, to be honest. Um, you know, it's a, you know Purdue, Purdue, Purdue's got a bunch of guys that have taken a chance on themselves by walking on. Uh, you know, Downing's a walk-on, Maccabee's a walk-on, O'Connell was a walk-on. Uh, it's the cradle of walk-ons now, I guess. Uh, but the running game really, really... Um, shined and allowed Purdue to open up the passing game. I believe Purdue had over 100 plays tonight. And if you look at the Big Ten games today, the, the other two that I know about for sure, um, I believe Illinois ran around 80 plays in its victory over Minnesota. Uh, Michigan had 50 plays at halftime, so they were on pace for 100. I don't know if they got there. But just the number of plays that Big Ten teams ran today, the winning Big Ten teams ran today, I, I don't know about Maryland, and I don't know the play count in the, in the Wisconsin-Michigan State game, but 100 plays is a lot in a, in a college football game, and Purdue owned the time of possession, in part because Nebraska scored so quickly. You know, Nebraska's drives for two plays, three plays, four plays, five plays. You know, where Purdue had a 15-play drive, and they had other long drives. So it's a byproduct of that. You I mean, it's great to have a quick-strike offense, but if you're going to keep putting your defense out there after a 15-play drive or after a 10-play drive, you know, they're, they're going to wear down. They just are. And I think probably in that last, that last drive for Purdue, Nebraska's defense probably, you know, wore down a little bit. <coughs> but, uh, you know, Maccabee, um, you know, really has has taken hold of this running back position. And, you know, they sprinkled Kobe Lewis in there and Tyrone Tracy. Uh, but, you know, this, uh, in the short term, you know, Devin Maccabee is going to be the running back. Now, how does he handle this success? How does he... Um, how does he deal with it against Wisconsin and then Iowa and then so on the rest of the year? Um, so, uh, but he's been a, a pleasant surprise uh, this season and has 
you know, he's one of the reasons why Purdue is sitting at five and two and three and one is because of his ability to to produce in the running game. And the offensive line did not allow a sack. You know, there's only six of them now that they're going to lean on, and um, they've got to stay healthy, but they've got to be productive as well. Uh, so I think you have to tip your your hat to them for what they did, picking up blitzes. Uh, keeping O'Connell clean, uh, giving him time to to push the ball downfield. Um, I don't think he held on to the ball as long today as he did last week. There were there were moments, and I you know, and I thought, you know, I, I thought his interception in the first quarter was just completely unnecessary. I uh, threw in a double coverage in the end zone. It just just seemed like he was going there regardless of what was happening. Maybe that you know, maybe that's what they practiced all week and they thought that they could they could hit that play, but it was double coverage um, and it just it just seemed like uh, a targeted throw from the very beginning. Um, but it, it didn't work. But other than that, I thought he was he took another step forward from his injury. You know, I think he's getting back to where he was pre-injury. Uh, and I, I only think that he, he, he's going he's going to continue to do that, and they you know and they've got to get more guys involved. Although you know you keep pumping the ball to Charlie Jones, you know he's make he's going to make plays, and he was he looked a little bit fresher tonight than maybe previous games. He's been he's been banged up and nicked up, and uh, he, you know he's. He's suffering the aches and pains of a long football season, just like everybody else. And um, you know they've they've tried to put him in a bubble wrap as much as possible. I mean, he I don't think he can go through the week and not practice. You know, he still has to practice. He still has to do some things. But I think they've really limited him in practice. He allowed him to get treatment. And then work him in as much as possible. Try to keep him as fresh as possible as you get later in the week. And I got a feeling that, you know, Purdue hasn't had its off week, but we'll have it after Wisconsin. And I got a feeling after that week, um, you're going to get a lot more guys healthy uh, or as close to full healthy as you can. And... You know, and I would expect Purdue, based on what they've done so far, and regardless of what happens at Wisconsin, I would expect them to have a a strong month in November. Um, what's that varmint doing? What's a cat in my yard? You don't belong here. Get out of here, you cat. You're not the neighborhood cat. The neighborhood cat's name is Garfield. And he'll kick your butt if he sees you. Because that's what Garfield does. Anyway. (laughs) This is Sunday morning stupid humor. And I hate night games. And I hope there's not another one the rest of the year. it's, It's disgusting in my business to have these night games. And I, I feel sorry for the fans who have to drive home, uh, in, in this stuff. So, but anyway, Purdue wins it. 43-37, 43-37, they beat Nebraska. Um, you know, all wins are good at this point. Um, you know, what happens now is, you know, they got to go to Wisconsin. You know, they haven't beaten beaten the Badgers since 03. And, 
this would this would seem to be the year that they could get that done. Uh, but you know, Wisconsin has caused them problems by running it down their throat. Uh, but Purdue's run defense has been pretty good this year, so we're going to see how they hold up in that area. Um, and you know, they're and I think Wisconsin is rejuvenated a little bit with the coaching change and and all that kind of stuff. So you know, we'll we'll see what happens, but. I don't believe Purdue has been in a better position to beat Wisconsin um, than they are this year. Uh, now, there was a game a few years ago uh, where it went to triple overtime. When they got in that game, they were in an excellent position to win, but they didn't do it. But I think going into that game, you didn't feel like they they were in a good position to beat Wisconsin. And Brahms teams have have played them pretty well. Now, last year, I think the game got away from them a little bit. Um, but I can't remember a game against Wisconsin where Purdue goes into it saying, you know, they've got a legitimate chance to win this game uh, against Wisconsin. And, and now we just... We get to see what happens. I'll be curious what the point spread is. I still have a feeling Wisconsin will likely be favored. Uh, maybe before Wisconsin lost and tonight's game happened, I was thinking maybe you know in the touchdown range, but that may come down a little bit. So we'll 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 see. Um, but I, I I will be surprised if Purdue is favored. Um, just because it's at Wisconsin, uh, it, it'll be the Jim Leonard's first home game because they played at Northwestern and they played uh, at uh, um, Michigan State. So we'll see how that all plays out. But, um, I mean, I tell you this, if Purdue goes to Wisconsin and wins, I think it's going to be hard to keep them from winning the Big Ten West. Now, I know they still got to go to Illinois, and Illinois looked good today. And, you know, you got to deal with Chase Brown, the the running back, uh, who had 41 carries against Minnesota. But I think it would be hard for Purdue not to win the Big Ten West if they, if they beat Wisconsin. I mean, it's just things are lining up for that. And uh, we'll... You know, we'll see. You know, if Purdue loses, I still think they're in pretty good shape because of who Illinois has to play. Purdue will still have to go beat Illinois. Uh, you know, that's that's clear. That's not that's not going to change. And probably as we sit here today, the winner of Purdue and Illinois is probably going to win the Big Ten West unless there's a collapse along the way. And there, there's going to be other upsets uh because these teams are pretty bunched together and pretty tight. So, um, and if Purdue can avoid one of those upsets, then you know they're going to be they're going to they're going to be in pretty good shape, and they can absorb um, a loss. Because we'll just see how that all plays out. All right. Well, we appreciate you stopping by. You know, cross my fingers. Hopefully, someone from Wisconsin will talk to me this week, and we'll get get them on the big zoom and uh, we'll break down the badgers and what's going on um, and then fire that up and put that up, up on the podcast sometime this week all right appreciate you stopping by 
Thanks and have a good day.